Welcome to the Connor Charlin Podcast, where I, Connor Charlin, meet up with a musician, hear about what makes them tick, what kind of experiences they're bringing to their musical journey. On today's podcast, we have Nate Salmon, aka Water Strider, an incredible artist, multi instrumentalist, songwriter, creator. I've deeply admired Nate's work from afar for the past three years as they lived and worked out of Santa Barbara. Nate now lives back in Oakland, creating with enough Bay artists to fill a small phone book, or as they say in NorCal, heck, artists. You'll hear us talk about how to show your process, gender identity, being an artist, and continually learning how to keep a beginner's mind as you create art. Please enjoy Nate Salmon, aka Water Strider. How should I refer to you? Nate Salmon, Water Strider, what do you prefer? Yeah, Nate Salmon, Water Strider. That's good. They, them pronouns, generally. Wonderful. Okay, great. I really enjoyed listening to your vlogs of vulnerability ah thank you walking <laughs> that's a, a new adventure that i'm going going on trying to start doing things like that tell me about the journey of going from more of an enigma to wanting to show your work wanting to show your process show who you are as a yeah. person to the world on the internet which is its whole other thing yeah i mean a lot of it is I mean, I, I went I went through some things, I, w- I should say, like a, a number of years ago, regarding ego stuff. I would say mm-hmm. I, you know, was signed to a, a major label at one point, and yeah, it was just kind of getting a little t- like too much validation for my own good. I think mm. this is kind of a side sidetrack, but it's important to the whole story. I think and yeah, I, one of these vlogs of vulnerability will will be about this whole thing that I've experienced Uh, but yeah all that to say it was kind of like I had to go through this whole experience of completely losing track of why I was doing what I was doing because I was doing it for the validation and for the you know hopefully money which I never ended up really getting that much money but and then it was like why why am I doing this this isn't this isn't even really making me happy anymore and so I had to kind of come back to a place of like I'm making music to connect with people Right. Um, like, I'm not making music to be famous. I'm not making music to try and make a bunch of money. Like, the reality is, like, that was never really what I sought out, you know, set out to do. It was like, initially, it was like, oh, you know, I like writing songs. Like, I'm, you know, 14 or whatever, and I'm like, I'm yeah. going to write a song. And then I got into, like, trying to record myself, and that was a whole fun, you know, hobby. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was just kind of like, I like doing this too much to not do this all the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was your initial question? I, the, I can, I the the initial question is moving from enigma to being able right. to show your work. And right. a, a bit of that is letting go of ego. And what what right. that what has that process been like of kind of coming home in a sense? Yeah, it feels like I'm doing art. I'm doing like creative work as more of like a service than something that's meant to like fully, you know, surface myself or whatever. yeah yeah uh, it's you know and it always is something you're doing for yourself obviously but it's also like this this kind of it was like this big switch sort of that's been happening in my head of like all I really want to do especially these days I'm living in the Bay Area is is just like connect all the people in the Bay Area that I know that are all these amazing artists and musicians and stuff and just like get everyone in the same room or the same as much as I can yeah really trying to show up and just kind of like be really vulnerable because I think that's the best way to connect with people basically so yeah going from doing things for myself to trying to have music always be like a way to connect with people I I always say like it's a way to start a conversation essentially Hmm. so it's like writing a song posting a video playing a gig or whatever it's like the moments I live for are not the moments when, I mean, they are the moments when you're on stage and stuff because that is a connection as well. Yeah. But like, it's also just the moment of connecting with someone after the thing is has been shared. Yeah. That they come back to you and it's like, you know, this thing resonated with this with me in this way, and now you know I feel a certain way, and it feels like you feel a certain way and then you can have this like really interesting conversation about like what it's like to be human or something yeah i think that's much more interesting than uh trying to write the next hit song or something (laughs) 
it's like i just want to i just want to like write music for you know empathetic people or something yeah <laughs> i so. want to dig into this idea of doing it for yourself versus doing it as a service mm. i in um comedians and cars getting coffee um jerry seinfeld he talks about mm. how you could do anything with your life you could make a ton of money doing x y and z and so mm. actually giving your life to the arts is the most generous thing that you could have done to mm. to to support the world because there are plenty that's the the, the default um is easier in some senses and he was saying like i chose the hard thing so that you would have something and he was like so don't don't call me selfish for for like pursuing this but at the same mm. time he like there is a degree of like we write songs for ourselves primarily like absolutely in order to get something off of our chest or to and you are trying to make it as good as possible to mm -hmm. it it's so hard to keep other people's standards outside of your mind totally how do you combat that ongoing war between am i really doing this for myself am i doing it for like hmm. that it, it seems hard to navigate yeah it's definitely hard to navigate it's a constant check-in process i've gotten very into like a lot of uh, techniques especially like in songwriting specifically mm. where you're doing things so that you're not just like trying to write a song about x thing yeah instead you're just trying to like channel some something subconscious mm. or something collective unconscious <laughs> yeah it's like a daily act of like trying to put something out there that feels external to what I'm actually doing. So that's like in terms of the actual like process of songwriting. Yeah. What is it? What does it mean to like tap into the collective unconscious like that? Right. What, what, yeah. what, is, what does that look like? Yeah. For me. Yeah. I mean, I, I meditate every day. Believe it or cool. not, even though my brain is completely like to this morning. It's okay. You um, woke up late. You know. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> Um, so that's a huge thing for me is just kind of like, I, I, I feel anxious very frequently. Hmm. Uh, so I'm always trying to let go of any kind of anxiousness or nervousness or sense of overwhelm, which is a big thing for me. Yeah. Just getting overwhelmed by stuff. And I feel like, yeah, like practicing this thing called object writing. I don't know if you've heard of this no. before. I got it out of this book called Writing Better Lyrics, which nice. is great book <laughs> highly recommended and it's basically you're writing uh kind of free writing about an object for 10 minutes using your senses it's kind of like two things for me it's like a way of just vomiting words onto a page and the more you do it the more you kind of get in tune with your own like, sense engagement with the world you know you're using your five senses and then he uses he talks about like two other senses which are i forget the exact names but one's basically like your sense of your body moving in space and like the way your body's like interacting with the world around you not just through your senses but like through your like internal kind of body right. and then your like sense of your like internal body so you have mm. you know sight sound taste smell touch as well as these two kind of body oriented experiences so you you take like an object i don't know pencil or something like sure. something something it can be totally anything it could be yeah. like toenail it could be you know like <laughs> And then you set a timer for 10 minutes and then and then you just go. And hopefully by the end of it, you have something interesting. And, and a lot of the times I'll do things like that and I'll do things like free writing or journaling really into like the morning pages kind of thing too. I yeah. don't do it necessarily regularly anymore. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Found, it asks a It's lot. a lot. Yeah, it, it is a lot. I <laughs> highly recommend everyone pages. do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely highly recommend everyone do that at some point just to like, like if you've never forced yourself to have a daily practice of some kind like that where you're just getting stuff out right i think it's super super helpful but now i sort of like will find these other types of techniques and things and be like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna do that for a while and it fulfills the same kind of need to create something immediately at the start of the day huh. um, you mentioned anxiety earlier is the anxiety yeah. revolving around the need to create something like right when you wake up do you feel like you have to make something 
Yeah, I mean, it's that. A lot of the times it's also just like this giant list of things I have going. <laughs> gotcha. So it's like waking up and going like, oh, I need to reach out to those people that emailed me about that show. And then I need to reach out to that person that wants to collaborate on that, that song for the film thing. Oh, I need to schedule that booking. Or I need to book that you know recording session with this friend. And I need to, you know, I'm trying to finish an EP right now of like all these collaborations with uh, various artists that I know in the Bay Area kind of outside of the Bay Area as well. There's always this giant list and I have like, you know, a list in my phone and I have a list my like in my, you know, in my notebook and (laughs) just lists and lists. I have like a thing on my wall here of like other stuff that's like bigger, longer, longer term kind of things. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So for me, it's just like trying to keep track of, you know, it's like it's discipline. So much of trying to make this career path work for me has just been like discipline anytime i'm not disciplined about getting stuff done you know yeah. here i am right you know showing up to this 30 minutes late but <laughs> but all that being said it's it's just discipline and it's like trying to say no to things sometimes when i just do get too much on my plate like this morning is like i just had to be like you know i need i need an extra 30 minutes because i'm i'm just like a little too scatterbrained and a little too tired from the last six days of 12 hour work that I was doing basically. So it's easy to get too much on your plate, I guess. What do you like to say no to these days? Ooh, what do I like to say no to? That's an interesting question. Um, Cause usually I just say yes to everything and it's been a problem, right. but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's, it's good but yeah. to find the thing that you don't want to do anymore. That is true, that is true. I mean, a lot of it is kind of logistical type work. <laughs> which thankfully I have like a, f- a friend who's also kind of acting as my manager. I mean, cool. technically he is my manager. It's kind of like, un- like we never signed a document or anything. Sure, sure, sure. We did sign a document that he's kind of like also helping me do kind of a label thing for this next release. So cool. Friend, manager, patron, all, all at once. Collaborator yeah. as well. Amazing. We've been, making, we've been making all these videos together. But yeah, a lot of it's been like saying... Not even it's not even necessarily saying no. It's like having someone to, to delegate things to. Yeah. Like, um, which is a type of no. It's not. It is a type it's, of it's no. It's not a yes on you. You know. Right. Right. It's like a it's a yes but or <laughs> yes and. <laughs> yeah. And most of my, I, I have all these amazing people up here that are like doing, like a lot of sound engineers that are also amazing musicians. That are also you know producers. That are also live sound engineers. That are also you know, we're all kind of like multi-faceted musicians, I guess. So I'm using that crew a lot of the time to delegate things to, especially as we are building more and more projects up. It's it's it makes it easier to actually get things done. Like I have a I have a record I'm producing with a friend of mine named Elena Shelton. We should get on here at some point. She's yeah. awesome. You know, for that it's like, oh, I was like, oh, maybe I'll mix this myself, and I'm like, no, I don't want to mix this record. I want to, <laughs> I want to just produce it and then hand it off to like a bunch of my friends that are great at mixing and great at yeah. mastering. And, you know, as long as there's like some kind of budget for that, hopefully then you can yeah. get it done. But even then it's like, I'm blessed with a lot of friends who are like, who get, you know, work that pays, but also want to do things just cause they love to do it. And I'm right. the same way. It's like, I, you know, probably, not, probably half or more of everything I'm doing is probably more than that. Probably like 75% of the things I'm doing are just because I want to do them, you know? Wow. And then you're like, well, if you happen to get some money along the way, it works out. And, and most of the time when I've taken that mindset is way more lucrative for my soul <laughs> and yeah. way more. And, and it ends up being way more lucrative, like financially, too. OK, um, that's great. I don't know hear. why. It's like a weird. I think it's a weird spiritual belief that, you know, in like manifestation or something. Yeah. Along the, along bounty. Lines. Just belief in bounty. Bounty. Um, yeah, exactly. Abundance. Yeah. My, my yeah. big thing in the last few years has been like, oh, I I was kind of operating from a place of like lack, like every, there's not enough to go around. I think that was the big shift. What we were kind of talking about earlier was switching from, you know, kind of an ego focused, like I need to get as much of this as I can. I need to get all the validation. I need to get all the money. I need to get all the whatever. It's my project. It's everything is mine and there's not enough to go around and to switching to like, no, no, no. I'm going to do everything or as as much as I can, not everything, but as much as I can to just, you know, be giving, knowing that like that will come back around in some capacity. Because yeah. every time I've taken that that approach, it really does feed back in mm. a beautiful way. As as a yeah. fellow anxious person, <laughs> yeah. um, the resistance in my mind immediately throws out counter arguments. This is um, 
this is how I know I have a cognitive bias towards uh, towards lack. Mm. The the deep held belief, uh, my limiting belief, as Tony Robbins would call it, mm. is um, that I will not, I do not, and I will not have enough. Yeah. And the reason why it holds so well is one because I can give it a lot of evidence with the numbers in my bank account. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. yeah. So so when. But there, there are times where that will shift and I will have more than what I need. Mm-hmm. But, but the belief will not change. Right, right. So when you, you are dealing with anxiety in a sense of, I think everyone desires financial security to some point, just not, not having so much that you don't know what to do with it, but at least right. having enough <laughs> to, yeah. to take care of yourself. <laughs> how, how, how do you move from a place of believing in lack to believing in enough or more than enough. Yeah. I guess it's sort of a look at what has actually worked. For me, it's like the evidence is there that like, as cheesy as it might sound, like magic sort of exists. And yeah. When I've put, you know, a lot of faith into things, a lot of belief that it's not even, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a feeling like I know this thing is the right thing to do. I yeah. know I'm like, it's like an alignment. It's like a sense of I'm in alignment. I'm alignment. I'm in alignment <laughs> with the universe yeah. in this in this really profound way. It's like a sense of peace. It's a sense of super intense presence, like a major lack of fear. Mm. Just going like I'm gonna go into this from a logical standpoint. Like a lot of the time, it probably doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if I was to view it from that lens, but because I have a really good feeling about this. I'm just going to go into it. And I found that as soon as you make that switch and you go, I'm going to go into this with pure intention to just do the best I can mm-hmm. and see where this path leads for as long as I can go down that, yeah. you know, whether that means you go until you run out of money or you go until it, you know, something falls apart in that process, but, or you go until everything works out perfectly, which also happens beautifully, yeah. you know, it's like, you just have to, you just have to keep going as you, as you do that, all these you know, I've been so blessed with all these like new friends that I've made along the way. Like even just in the last couple of years, it was like coming out of the pandemic, super intense pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, but coming (laughs) coming out of the, the really intense shutdown period. Right. There was a connection with all these new people. You know, I had, I had moved back to the Bay area after being out of here for like two years and I came back kind of immediately the, the pandemic started and I had already been in a period of sort of isolating myself for like two years. And so my goal was to reconnect with all these people that I'd sort of, you know, disconnected from. Yeah. So I came back, you know, started to do that a bit, but ended up actually finding like a totally um, different group of people. And it was like, I guess the, the what I'm trying to say is, I think the best way to find that kind of that path is is to just sort of let go. Like you let go of your expectations that has to be a certain way that's to look a certain way that it has to make you a certain amount of money that has to like manifest in a certain way mm. and then usually i found that it, it it shows up and you're like wow this is that thing i was i was wanting that i was looking for i was yeah. hoping for because i sort of let go of the idea that it that it ever had to happen kind of it's a weird yeah i don't know how else to describe it but it's a i've i've read enough about these ideas of you know like law of attraction and all that kind of stuff Mm. alongside just like having my own experiences prior to that and alongside that and then finding other people who are talking about these kinds of things and going like especially in the creative community i found it's like there's a there's a huge amount of you know faith in what you're doing and faith in service and faith in the process that it's such a it's such a process of letting go every time you're making any piece of art if it if it's really like a, a piece of art that's being created from that like pure connected place is the best way that I can describe it. Yeah, it's just letting go. That's my it's, that's my big mantra. <laughs> it's so interesting to see how important the role of faith is in a like career in music. Mm. Like this idea of like I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I mm-hmm. just I believe I really believe that this is the way. And I'm going to walk in the way. And I'm going to be someone who walks in the way always. Yeah. And that's um, hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
No, I mean, it's like as somebody who was not really raised very spiritual or anything like that as well, I've had to find a sense of, I mean, I use, I use the term spirituality. It's kind of what I believe in, I guess. It's like not, tradi- I guess, not traditional organized religion sense of spirituality. Sure. It's, spirituality it's more is like, more of a general term, though. Yeah, spirituality is a more general term. Um, yeah, there's just so much like, like, yeah, like everything I've done to get to where I'm at mentally, emotionally, and career-wise is like so much of it has been like that sense of faith, that sense of connectedness to something that's bigger than me and my own little ego, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what it always kind of comes back to from these days is like, how am I doing this thing? Yeah, in service. How am I doing this thing and knowing that it's the right thing to do? It's like a sense of, yeah, faith of, I don't know, there's so many different ways to put it. It's like a sense of something bigger. Yeah. Sense of A sense of connected, like I've just been saying connectedness, basically, like we're all here trying to connect with each other, I think, at right. the end of the day, especially after this whole last few years of right. <laughs> intense isolation for like everyone, you know? Yeah. And I was already coming from that place of like, I kind of isolated myself to recover from some, you know, personal stuff and some health stuff and financial stuff like everything sort of fell apart for me a few years ago and it was like once I took that time to regroup and and started meditating every day and yeah doing these things to to find my find my path again find my way on the path even if the path is going through you know a super dark forest where you have no idea where the end point is or anything like that it's like there's something about like I'm gonna go into this and I'm probably gonna end up on the other side or I'm gonna end up in some beautiful clearing or at some oasis somewhere and you know, I don't know how I'm going to get there, really. I know there's a path that's sort of meandering through the woods, and it's sometimes it, it's totally clear, and, you know, the trail workers have been keeping it nice and clear for me. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, oh, no, I got to bushwhack my way through this entire right. jungle, you know. Yeah, I went on a metaphor tangent, but... <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. Are you a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender? I am. I am indeed. Um, the... <laughs> There's that line, it's when Aang is with Uncle Iroh and they're walking, mm-hmm. um, they're like building a tunnel into this like underground city. And yeah. he, he basically says that exact sentiment. And it's, it's this visual that I keep in my mind a lot where he's like, mm-hmm. sometimes life is like this tunnel. It's dark and you don't know where you are, but as mm-hmm. long as you keep going and then he like crashes through into this like beautiful scene and he goes, you'll end up in a better place. Uh... And um, that, d- did you... Um, now I'm just giving Netflix recommendations. Did you watch Bo Burnham's In Inside? <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah, no, this is that, great. That is also follows the the same path. It sounds like that you um, that you've been on. Um, yeah, I guess so. In some ways, I think like I still had you know lots of interactions with beautiful people, and I'm not I'm not discounting any of that either. Yeah, I didn't yeah, lock yeah. myself in a room to make a piece of well, art. In fact, I I did the opposite. I would say in a lot of ways, I I ended up going to Sweden and having this amazing oh, time wow. there for a month. Uh, this was like back in 2018, I think. Yeah, connected with uh, the the Winbergs. <laughs> uh, it's probably like Vinberg actually pronounced properly in Swedish, but. Yeah, Pontus Winberg, who's like a, a amazing producer, cool. uh, worked worked on like you know Toxic and was part wow. of like Mike Snow and stuff. It was like a really cool guy. The label I was on at the time flew me out over there, which was really sweet. Just to just to kind of like meet up with this with this guy, meet up with Pontus and just play around in his studio in the countryside in Sweden. It was like it basically so cool. set me up. It it made me realize like I'd already had this vision of like my ideal place to live and like what I would want my future to look like and it was basically like that was really important for me to go there and witness that he had created this whole kind of community musicians who were basically all like working on each other's projects it was kind of their big sort of extended network of all these like amazing amazing artists and then they'd have you know people like me that would come into town and then they'd be like oh yeah my friend Nisa is gonna come drum on the on your songs because he's really great and then I think that would be a cool fit and oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna invite my friend who plays you know pedal steel and he's gonna come over for t- uh, tomorrow and cool. he had like this you know guest house so people could stay in the guest house for as long as they were working there or whatever and there'd Amazing. be a lot of just like us making like pizzas in his like pizza oven that was like built into the studio and and it was it was like it sounds kind of like it's like this ridiculous thing but it was actually pretty pretty quaint in a lot of ways like it was like yeah. this old funky like schoolhouse building that he turned into a studio and then he also lived there. And then he also had like one of the other schoolhouse buildings that he turned into kind of a guest room space. 
and it was just this hub you know yeah this hub for all this amazing creative energy that was happening and it made me go like that is what I want to make like I want to have a place for people to come to and it doesn't I don't need to be the leader of it by any means sure sure it's just like I know that this vision of like this community of people who are all kind of like you know buoying each other up is that the right term yeah lifting each other up by providing them you know work on amazing creative projects and it's like it's like this beautiful self-sustaining ecosystem of like joy and yeah just inspiration and it was yeah it was such a such a beautiful thing and then I also like while I was there I met all these amazing Swedish uh, music students did some work with them as well so that was cool it was like that was all through Pontus as well because he's yeah. his assistant engineer was like a student at the uh, I forget the name of the school but in in Stockholm basically and like for the weekends he would like come work at Pontus's house as like his assistant and then cool. he'd go back and do stuff at school and yeah it was very cool I think I think it turned into like a real job or kind of was a real job as well but sure um, he was great yeah Albany. it seems it seems very fitting um that you'd be interested in that since uh Water Strider started in a student housing co-op right. is that correct yeah. yes yes so like <laughs> one of the things that I noticed about a co-op in college was like so many great things about it, like lower Mm -hmm. rent, Mm -hmm. but then there's also things like they want to do their own electrical work because they don't want to hire an electrician. Right. So there are lots of pitfalls as well. Um, Totally. Totally. (laughs) What are some, what are some things that you would really want to see? Like things, things that, um, how how do you want to iterate on the co-op structure? So like in order to make it, more like this this um sorry what was his name again pontus uh pontus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. to make it more like pontus's place and less like a like an 18 year old running a co-op right yeah. yeah i mean i think there's a certain amount of maturity that just sort of comes with age obviously true age and experience um yeah like i live in a house right now with six other people cool um it's basically a mini co-op it's not like an official co-op but you know it's a community for sure like we can't deny this you know we have chickens outside that we take nice. care of that's the true sign of a co-op is if you grow your own eggs yeah <laughs> and hopefully your own produce we don't have any of our own produce going right now because we've had a bit of trouble with our soil and stuff but yeah we do have a compost worm bin going uh, nice. you know there's the sense of like trying to create little self-sustaining things um yeah but i think that's that's oops i think that's kind of like what um that's what the point of it is, I think, to me, is like you're creating a network that's sort of like feeding back on itself and obviously right. feeding back to the bigger community as well, I think. I, yeah, I didn't even really think about it, but like until you said that and I was like, oh, you're right. I'm trying to like the thing I want to do right now in in my career and in, in my community is like create like a, a music co-op, I think, or like yeah. an arts co-op. And in many ways, like I'm getting I'm getting the I'm on the receiving end of that, too, in terms of like. I've found these amazing people to collaborate with and to kind of are like sponsoring my music basically to like keep me going right now. So I'm not, you know, I'm not making tons of money from streaming or like selling, you know, merch or even playing gigs really. A lot of my sustainability right now is coming from like patrons, like people that are jumping in and saying, hey, I like what you're doing and I've got some money. So (laughs) let me help you out, you know? (laughs) Um, That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, like, I'm super, super, super blessed. And it's at least, like, bare minimum, it's allowing me to try out all these things right now. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to start, you know, a, or I did start this this video project, this, like, YouTube project, making these kind of acoustic videos in the style of, like, Leblago Tech or something like that, yeah. takeaway shows, where it's just a very simple video featuring Bay Area artists mostly, but then hopefully people that, you know, come through town somebody's sure. coming up here to do a show i'll try to reach out to them and be like hey you want to go shoot this thing like no cost to you it'll take some, you know a few hours hopefully we can pay you eventually we're not quite there yet but trying to make this like reasonably professional level video thing to feedback to both like the community that we have here so that like hopefully if we build it enough and get enough artists kind of doing this thing it'll create a network of like oh now i found this artist because i saw this video and i saw that you know and then the artist also gets to have you know a a product have a piece of content or whatever you want to call it that they can like use for their own promotional world and their own you know sense of which is really helpful (laughs) yeah which is super helpful yeah there's a lot of other questions i want to ask you you seem so (laughs) together and I, I, I think that's 
one because you meditate and so there, there's just so much like general life advice that i want to ask you because i feel like you <laughs> well, i'm honored i was like having the opposite experience i'm like what am i talking about yeah. i don't even know i don't know what i'm saying i'm just rambling <laughs> but it um i mean it it speaks i i think it speaks highly to if if you feel if you perceive yourself as an anxious person i would just hope that you would know that i couldn't have picked up that in you oh that's uh, sweet within within the amount of time that we've talked so far which mm -hmm. means that even if that's something that you've struggled with in the past or like you continue to work through like mm. the work that you've done has really paid off um, Thank you. and yeah you you show up to a place it seems very in yourself um cool. which is which is a, it's cool it's nice to be around <laughs> thanks <laughs> i'm glad to i'm glad to hear that because that, that that makes me less anxious than i think I, I was actually a little anxious it's interesting how you perceive yourself versus how somebody else perceives you i guess Right. You know, so much is, and that's, you know, that's why I probably do all those kinds of exercises and practices because it's like, well, hopefully this, hopefully this is helping, you know? And I think uh, if you can at least aim to find that sense of peace and presence and calm in your own world, then you hope, you hope that it's moving externally, I think. Right. Too. <laughs> but right, I think right. definitely sometimes I show up to things where I see, I see myself on a video or I see myself or hear myself, especially in like conversational environments like this, where I feel mm -hmm. like I need probably more practice than I do maybe playing a show or something. It's uh, I usually see myself and go, oh, I need to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's that's kind of the beauty of it, too. Right. Is like we're all works in progress. As long as you kind of embrace that and go, I'm not a perfect person. Like, I know I've been saying, um, like a thousand times because I do that a lot. And sure. that's always something that like when I say, when it, and when I hear it come out of my mouth, I can usually go, oh, I just, I did that thing, which is usually a sign that I'm not as present as I'd like to be because I'm not mm. able to avoid those, uh, you know, um, yeah, there's a filler, uh, I need to keep talking. Uh, yeah. You know, so I yeah. am good at editing. So you will be surprised the amount of ums that are removed. Cool. Brilliant. When, so you will sound smarter by default. Brilliant. Thank you for making that happen. I, th yeah. I think it's I think it's important because it I think it's still all related to this idea of like moving from enigma to showing your work and like Absolutely. part of part of showing your work is going through the awkwardness in your own self and putting mm -hmm. yourself on the internet and mm -hmm. then your internal critic is like you're fucking idiot look look, <laughs> look at you just look yeah. at you say things yeah. <laughs> and you're like, i yeah. was i was editing myself the other day in one of these interviews uh -huh. and i was nervous i knew i was nervous but i didn't know how nervous i watched myself ask a question mm -hmm. to this guy and then my mouth just goes <laughs> <laughs> and it it's incredible like I was so embarrassed watching myself that I had to like bring it up to my wife and be like, you have to see this. This is the craziest <laughs> thing. I'm uncontrollably moving my mouth in nervousness after this question. And part of the ongoing practice I have to do is the practice of laughing at myself. Mm -hmm. You like have, have to detach and say, isn't that funny? Because yeah. it is, it is funny and isn't that good? which it is good. Like right. I'm, I am a, a goober sometimes who's just trying to, to talk and can't sometimes, which I is mean, funny because I'm 30, so you think I would. Yeah, I mean, I'm 32, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm an adult now. I'm supposed to know how things are figured out. But honestly, I don't know when I, how I got to be 32 years old. <laughs> yeah. To the point where even like my mom, I remember when I was, when I turned, I think 31, she was like, happy birthday, Nate. Like, wow, I'm so, I'm so, you're 30 now. And I was like, actually, that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah, she was like, what? No, 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 no. How did I miss a year? I was like, well, the pandemic and the, you know. Anyway. <laughs> basic I, math, it's hard. Basic math, know. basic math. But yeah, there's, there's no, we're always learning, you know. It's like what yeah. we're, it's like what I was just saying a minute ago. You have to laugh at yourself. You have to know that you're imperfect. You have to. That's a big part of these videos I've been doing on like YouTube and stuff is right. 
you know, we haven't done too many with other artists, but I've been doing a lot on my own. And like every mm -hmm. time we do another video, I get that much more comfortable, you know, in front of the camera playing a song for a camera or playing a song for my friend who's holding a camera or playing a song for five people who are holding cameras. And that's a, you know, you have to practice that sense of unease in order yeah. to start making it full of ease in the same yeah. way that like everyone always talks about how you can't, you can't really practice for a show until you like practice the show you know what I mean? right. or like you practice you rehearse you do all these things and then you get on stage and it's like you're in a completely different place yeah. like you, it's like almost like you didn't even do the rehearsal you did because it's such a different feeling and such a different sensation to actually be in front of people who are there witnessing you it brings up this whole other yeah it's just a totally different feeling yeah and so i think it's the same way it's like in conversation like this or something you have to practice that too mm -hmm. because otherwise you know, you're going to be stumbling and you're going to make those mistakes. And, you, and it's a vulnerable process of being like, let me share what I know about something that I'm supposed to know things about. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you start thinking about it and you're like spiraling like, oh, well, now I, I feel like I don't know anything. And what am I even talking about? Right, right. I probably sound like an idiot. You know, you have all these like yeah. self-criticisms that pop up and you yeah. have to just sort of go, I'm going to look how I'm going to look. I'm going to sound how I'm going to sound. Yeah. And uh and that's a part of a, you know, I called that thing the vlog of vulnerability for a reason. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've only done two so far and they've been like a year apart. But yeah. <laughs> the next one should hopefully be done in like, in like, you know, the next couple of weeks. But maybe that's evidence, too, of like yeah. this this gradual working. Like, I bet you the times will get quicker between yeah, the videos. Half like, time like every time. it'll yeah. be like an exponential, you know, curve of there's just a sense of like I'm I'm trying to sort of put my mistakes out there. I'm trying to put all these things out there because when other people talk about these kinds of things, it's like actually super inspiring and motivating to me yeah. to be like, oh, like Tom York doesn't read music. Cool. So these books that I've been really into, which I think I mentioned in that video that yeah. you were in the vlog of vulnerability thing, these books by this guy, Austin Kleon, uh, Steal Like an Artist and right. Show Your Work. I think it's in Steal Like an Artist. I'm not, I can't remember which one it was, but he talks about how, yeah, Tom, Tom, there's, a, there's a quote from Tom York and there's a quote from John Lennon as well. And they're both basically from this chapter about how the best or the best. I mean, I don't really like that term. It's too like quantitative sure. or something. But the most influential artists, perhaps, that we can think of or a lot of the people that inspire us usually approach things from kind of a beginner's mindset as mm -hmm. much as they can from an amateur sort of perspective, especially right. like when you're when you're being an artist, which to me is like that's a, another conversation that we could go down. It's just like trying to be an artist versus being like a musician or trying to be a virtuosic mm. musician or trying to yeah. get really good at the thing that you do with your hands technically or right. your singing or your whatever it's like for me it's more like i just want to discover something new i want to like be an amateur always and always learning and always making mistakes for the rest of my life and just learning from that and hopefully like every once in a while i'll make the right mistake at the right time mm -hmm. so that things line up in a way where it's like whoa that actually that mistake was actually a happy accident, you know? Like, yeah. And I've had enough of those experiences. It's like that, that has happened, but you know, you hope you can just keep making mistakes. And, and the, anyway, back to the quote, Tom York said something like he had asked, he had been asked like, what's his, what's his strongest asset or something as a yeah. musician. And he's like, it's that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant because it's kind of the truth. It's like, mm -hmm. if you can embrace that sense of like, things are going to fall apart. I'm going to just keep trying stuff with the assumption that I'm going to discover something interesting and then, you know, hopefully you press record at the right time. You, you know, get, you capture that, that happy accident. Yeah. And then the John Lennon quote was something like, was like, he said, like, I'm an artist. So, you know, if you hand me a tuba, I'll get something interesting out of it. Even though I don't know how to play a tuba, you know, like mm. I'm, I'm not viewing things from the lens of I've got to be really good at the thing before I can share the thing. Right. It's no, right. it's like, I just have to have faith that I, have my own way of looking at things and have my own sense of like connectedness to myself and sense of connectedness to whoever my audience might be mm. that I can then share that thing without worrying about the judgment or worrying about being at some certain level of proficiency or what you know it's like I don't know I guess there is a certain level of just being good at something in order to also kind of have that faith that like I write good enough songs that if I pick up you know an instrument I don't play or something I was trying to yeah. find like I don't know, like write a song with like that being like the foundation, you know, like yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah. like do something that's abnormal from your, your regular routine outside your regular routine. 
kind of force yourself to not know what you're doing, I think is a really healthy practice. A lot of the best songwriters are always like, pick up an instrument you don't know how to play. Now, now write a song because you're going to get something more interesting than falling into your same patterns. It's kind of like the, you know, it's kind of like the anxiety thing too. It's like, yeah, you fall into these patterns of thought that spiral out of control, and it's like, how do you get out of that? Right. Well, you have to, I don't know, you have to just like, <laughs> you just have to move through it, sort of. Yeah. Um, be able to introduce something new, or to be able to notice the pattern and then choose something different, even if it's in the same medium. To yeah. Be like, well, exactly. normally what I would do is I would start here because that's the easiest chord. Right. So right. I'm going to purposefully find a chord that I don't play ever. Right. And then we're right. going to work backwards from there. Yeah. Like for, for me, a big thing in the last couple of years is like I finally started like tuning my guitar to some weird stuff, you know, just going like, okay, that's an interesting chord. Let's see if that does anything. I got really inspired by like Adrian Lenker from uh, Big Thief. Yeah. Just started trying out weird tunings and every once in a while just having a guitar usually around that's just that's my guitar that I can tune to anything and I know the strings are going to break and might mess the neck up or something eventually but like this mindset of like let's just keep a guitar in some not standard tuning so that when I pick it up I always think it's in standard tuning and try to do something and then some horrible sound comes out of it and then I go oh right I have to relearn how to play this and it's like immediately there's usually an, an idea that I wouldn't have if I started strumming a G chord or whatever. Yeah, I mean, part of um, part of the artist way also talks about like take a different route home. Yeah, like, you, you always drive the same way, so try mm-hmm. try getting there some other way and see what happens. So many more questions, but we also I also want to be um, thoughtful of your time because we're we're yeah. at the hour. Um, are you interested in playing a song? Sure. Yeah, I can do my best. Yeah, sure. I'll play. I'll play sublimate. Let's see. Let's see how. Get the string out of your face, Nate. <laughs> so this is part of it, you know? You gotta embrace the, the awkward moments as much yeah. as the, the really professional ones. Actually, I think we might put out a video this week of this song. Nice. Talking about vulnerability, the end of it is, I just mess up. Maybe I won't mess up today. But it was like, it was like such a good take up until this like one moment and the video was really beautiful. And we were both like, I know we did a ta- another take where I got it, I'd played it technically right all the way through right. but we were actually like mm, i think i like the less technically right one where it just yeah. falls apart at the end and then i go like whoops well there we go you know and it's just like i think that's a big part of me it's like i'm not perfect yeah there's too I'm much not of perfect a, but there's magic there I there's magic yeah and it's yeah. like that's all i really care about i think that's yeah. the big sharing the big yeah. sharing thing is just we're all we're all imperfect <laughs> yeah and i think when you when you get the assurance that that's okay that's really nice and i don't think I don't think I've had enough engagement specifically with a lot of musicians where I feel like they're that vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking like I just read Jeff Tweedy's book about songwriting and I feel like he is fairly vulnerable in that, which I appreciated. But anyway, I could go on. But <laughs> yeah, it's just this will be like this will be what it is. We're in a moment here. Yeah. And I'm just going to. Yeah. I'm going to try and drop into my little world and we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see where we land. See where we land, you know. Might be here, might be on Mars, might be under the ocean. I love the videos you're making, by the way. I didn't get to Thank see you. that, but it also feels like, oh, cool. Somebody else is trying this kind of like vulnerable, like, here's what I've learned the hard yeah. way kind of thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. As we need more of that. We need more of that kind of like, hey, we're all just trying to make it work. And yeah, I know you see the superstars who seem like they got everything together and this and that, yeah. but it's like, there's way more of like the the working the working musicians or right. working artists that are like making it happen day to day you know aren't in the limelight and right <laughs> and they don't get to and and if we were to try to curate the whole thing and be an enigma to finally mm-hmm. answer your very first question <laughs> you know if we, if we were to try and if if we were to try to curate everything that we're doing to try and be this sort of like enigmatic per- perfect sort of being from another world which is how I would love to be viewed in some view of myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it's actually like much. It's, it's, it's much more rare to see someone just be a weirdo and mm-hmm. <laughs> and be themselves and be you know. And and that being said, I think a lot of the people that have been really really you know successful on you know a financial level or whatever usually coming from some pretty pretty good spot of authentic authenticity. You know. Yeah. Authentic authenticity. I, th- I think it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, I'll play music now. That's <laughs> what I'm supposed it. to do, right? Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> we'll get it. It'll be what it is. It's fine. Yeah, Here we go. You're good. <laughs> All right, intro. Sleeping now Naked in the sun Bad bones Now no harm will come Open Mercy set me Song, you still got to hit that one wrong chord yeah, but it's all good. <laughs> that's what it i'm saying good. i'm like that's great you know it was good yeah. enough i yeah. felt i felt in it enough yeah you know, you're trying to get the magic one funky chord's not gonna no end the magic you know no it doesn't take from you no it doesn't so yeah that was, was awesome good, that was that's, a good example um, <laughs> your voice is so beautiful thank you it is so hard to tell where your falsetto begins and like where your chest like like where like where your chest lives and like where where the falsetto lives i'm like at certain points yeah. the, the the lines get really blurry at certain points uh-huh. no it, it just really speaks to to the work that you've done to to bring them together like in into this place of like one tool versus like two tools mm-hmm. that yeah i mean there's a whole conversation there about gender identities and things like that too which is definitely a big part of I think why I sing the way I do. That's kind of a more recent, I guess, like real affirmation of myself in terms of just being like, yes, I was born in this male body and that's totally cool. 
I don't I don't have a problem with my body really yeah. but I think I've always I've always gravitated for one thing like musically and artistically towards people that um, tend to straddle the lines between gender stereotypes or something like I you know I love I love Prince I really love uh, Anoni as well now there's a whole bunch of I mean David Bowie like yeah these um, a lot of these different artists that I guess we're also like AMAB people. What was the term you just used? Oh, AMAB, assigned male at birth. Oh, yeah. AMAB. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, there's a whole conversation about. I have been trying to sing like a woman probably since I was you know 14 or something, just because I was like that was what I was listening to. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with either like male singers who were using their falsetto really, you know intently yeah or like it was definitely a focus like jeff buckley um jeff buckley tom york C- uh yonsi from cigarros and then alongside that it was also like i was getting obsessed with you know nina simone and billy holiday and a woman named Cheryl warden who's like uh she makes music as my brightest diamond i spent a lot of time when i was like when i first started driving so i guess i was technically 16 i was like driving to high school in the mornings and then just uh trying to sing like every note of whatever recording i was listening to at the time right and that was like how i would start my days is just like listening to you know 20 minutes of whatever and just either i would either like make up harmonies or try to just sing every note the way they were singing every note and like try to sound like them like it wasn't just like oh get the notes right it was like try to get whatever their tone is as well at least from whatever i could hear you know without like then you know getting into recordings a whole different thing because you hear your voice a different way but yeah it's a lot of it's been a lot of like vocally i've been trying for a long time to just i mean find my voice i guess on some level and i think i think there's always a sense of like i've had moments where i felt like oh yeah i'm really singing within my full range or singing within my full being Mm. and then there's been other times where yeah it's been a little more forced but i haven't released most of most of those songs so (laughs) (laughs) because they didn't feel authentic right yeah it's a it's a multi it's a multi-layered story of but that's a big thing for me has been yeah kind of an exploration of fluidity gender fluidity via music for a long time kind of only the last few years like even having the vocabulary to be like oh this is something i've felt and it's something that i identify with which i haven't talked a lot about publicly i guess but uh in my private world it's been a big thing and i'm trying to be more out about it yeah <laughs> It was, so, um, yeah. it was some, we, our common friend, Gabriella, I asked her mm-hmm. if she had any, um, questions that I should be asking you about. And this, this was one of the topics mm. that, um, that was mentioned. So I'm, I'm glad that it came up organically because yeah. I, I think that music is, um, a more kind of culturally allowed place for people to explore this not not that that's Mm. good or bad but just that it's been allowed for a longer period of time so there is true large examples of trailblazers before us to be able to pull from and pull inspiration from and pull a sense of community Mm -hmm. around what's allowed totally in in this world and it feels yeah I, i think that that's a cool part of music that maybe a lot of other artists don't get to have absolutely I mean, yeah, it was very, it was very affirming for me when I first started releasing songs when like I had a four piece band at the time and all the press photos were generally of like the four of us and my good friend I haven't touched base with in a while, but she's amazing. Um, Brigine Murphy, um, who makes music as Brigine. Her own music is fantastic. She's like an incredible singer, percussionist person. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She was like the one kind of like female person in the band. Yeah, so we'd have these photos of us and then we'd always get these responses from people like, wow, the female vocalist is incredible. And, you know, yeah, because they just assumed she was like the vocalist, but actually yeah. she was like the percussionist. She was right. doing a lot of like the a lot of the rhythms, you know. Yeah, I, that was always like I was like, yes. Yeah, because I, I felt it. like I'd like it just felt really good to to not to trick people because I don't feel like I'm tricking people. No, but it, it's more like. Yeah, to just know that like I can be seen in these different ways in, in different through different lenses sort of and like music was the one way where I was like I really want to be like feminine in music a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um 
and that i mean as someone who also enjoys jim henson like that's one yes. of the great things about puppeteering is like absolutely yeah. puppeteering is you just get to be this other thing mm-hmm. and it's totally allowed in our culture where it's yeah. like just this other place of like yeah and then you can put a puppet on your hand right. and then you can be that other thing that you are right it's like frank oz is miss piggy most yeah. people don't know that <laughs> so it's like yoda and miss piggy same person yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it's incredible. We, yeah. um, all right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sign out soon. So I'm gonna yeah. ask you one more, one more question that we're gonna log out. Any inspirations in your life? Any person that you see as a role model? Anyone that you're like looking to and saying like I'm trying to, I'm actively trying to emulate this person. Doesn't have to be musical. You can say like Jim Henson or I mean Jim Henson's a very good example. Yeah, kind of just want to say Jim Henson, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's like it's so multifaceted, you know. It's so it's so um. It's hard for me to pick pick one person. I mean, somebody that I really admire and who I actually got to meet very briefly, and I'm just I never I never really ta- I've never talked about this. I wanted to make a video about this at some point too. So why not? Let's put it on here for now. Sure. Maybe I'll do the video at some point too, and maybe we can actually reconnect at some point in the future. Who knows? But yeah. um, there's this artist named Aurora from Norway. I went to her show <laughs> a few years ago in LA. Uh, it was like 20. 2018 2019 maybe no probably like 2018 i don't remember anyway i went with gabrielle actually who you mentioned she i mean gabrielle is a magical person anyway and she was like so so we're gonna go hang out with like aurora after this show and i was like what you can't just like say that that's a weird thing to say like i don't know this person at all like i admire her as a as an artist and also just as like as an individual she seems like a very authentic unafraid kind of unabashedly weird person and like going watching like interviews of her it's like very inspiring to just be like wow there's a person who just like does her own thing in her own world and doesn't care what other people thinks you know yeah we went to this show and then and then afterwards we basically ended up befriending the opening band who were this band called uh talos i was like i almost forgot their name yeah they're called talos and they're from ireland and i ended up playing a show with them later on too so that was a whole other thing um i got to open for them but yeah we befriended talos and then they were like oh come you know come hang out at this at this bar with us afterwards and uh so we went to this this bar at this like hotel and it was like talos and aurora and her her band and some other you know friends and, and fans i guess maybe that they felt connected to it that they invited to this little hang yeah. uh, it was very lovely and it was just uh yeah i ended up like talking with her bandmates a whole bunch and they were very, you know having nerdy conversations about what the the bass player was playing because i was like you're playing like a six string was it a baritone guitar or whatever he was like no it's a a bass six and then i talked to like drummer who's this guy named magnus i'd reached out to via my publisher a while back to try and like do some work with him like producing and stuff because he's a producer mm-hmm. as well he produces a lot of aurora stuff as well talked to her like her her bandmate who like sings back up and plays keyboard and stuff and was like she was doing you know i had like my little individual conversations with each of them that were like more on the like nerdy side like oh we're yeah. having conversations we're musicians like we're doing you know and then finally i was like okay like i'm gonna you know talk to aurora for a second and my interaction with aurora was i was like oh thank you so much for the show like really really appreciate it it was really inspiring all that kind of stuff and and i was kind of nervous kind of anxious at the time was not meditating every day like i started to but it's part mm-hmm. of the story anyway i'm getting ahead of myself she she like reached out her hand I, like, we like shook hands and held hands for like a kind of an awkward amount of time to me i got really like nervous yeah and she just she stared like straight in my eyes without and th- no word she never said a word to me as far as i remember it was just like she just stared me straight in the eyes and i like like saw her world for a second like through Whoa. her eyes yeah. and she just held my hand and we just looked at each other like in silence for what felt like an eternity it was probably like 30 seconds but it was yeah <laughs> it felt like 10 minutes or something and i was just like completely overwhelmed and the only thought i was having at that point was like like where like where is that like how do you get there yeah like so i was like looking in her eyes and just going i want to know how to get to wherever you're kind of operating from like how do i get to your world how do i get to that world how do i find my own version of that or something yeah. because That's i was incredible. like i wasn't born into this seems like you were born in in this way of operating and way of navigating things that's just like yeah. very effortless you know transcendent very transcendent and it was like i you know didn't expect that i expected like most of the meetings i've had with like people other people that i've been very inspired by over the years is oh it's always been like very like oh great you're just a human like me and you're yeah. and this was like the one time i've really like met met one of you know meet your heroes or whatever yeah. but met met my one of my heroes and and sort of went like 
you're different than the other the other people. Yeah. Like, not to play favorites or anything like that, but it's just yeah. like that that had a much had a very deep impact on me. So basically, I like walked away from that experience and then went back home and was just like, I'm going to meditate every day. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of like, and I'd already been into meditation a bit and stuff over the years and into, you know, having spiritual practices and things. But that was the moment when I was like, if there's one thing I can learn from this interaction from this person, it's that like, I can go deeper, yeah. basically. I can That's go amazing. deeper and I can be more vulnerable and I can show up that present with a stranger every time, you know, that's the goal kind of. Yeah. So it became, yeah. So that's yeah. amazing. Aurora is a super huge inspiration on me in that way. I mean, her Kudos. music's fantastic too, but yeah, that was a, that was a pretty pivotal moment in the last like five years of my life. <laughs> Thank you kindly for listening to the podcast. It's really just an excuse for me to meet amazing people and learn from them. So if you like this episode, feel free to take a look at some of the other artists I've talked to, or let me know if there's someone in your life who's a musician that you'd like me to talk to next. You can learn more about my music at ConnorCherland.com or find me on Instagram or Spotify under Connor Cherland, C-O-N-N-E-R-C-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. All right, see ya.